everybody, it's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus, broadcasting from the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's... With Hello everybody, it's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus, broadcasting from the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's edition of Thunderbird Eye, always keeping up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. First of all, happy opening day, people, for all those MLB fans out there. It's not really a happy, happy opening day for me, at least not right well, now. Well, that's because you're a Jays fan. Yeah, we're, we're down 5-0 to the Yankees right I'm a, now. I'm a Sox fan. Let's go Sox, up 4-1. Anyways, back here at UBC, <laughs> it seems that sports have more or less quieted down with volleyball now finishing up. That being said, men's rowing went down to my hometown of San Diego to compete in the San Diego Crew Classic. Women's golf was out in Arizona competing in a NCAA D1 tournament. Baseball, in style, opened up its new stadium in perfect fashion with lots of late-ending drama, while softball managed to grab a win against a highly-ranked Southern Oregon Raider team. Yeah, speaking of rowing, after starting their new season in the beginning of March, the team had an eventful weekend as they traveled to the U.S. to compete in the San Diego Cool Classic. Um, five Thunderbird crew went out against some of the best teams in America, and they were still able to find lots of success. The men's team went for a gold medal on Sunday after they advanced to the finals alongside Orange Coast College and Temple, uh, Temple from Pennsylvania. With help from some strong wind at Mission Bay, the T-Bears were able to keep a half-length advantage over the two teams at the beginning of the race. Yeah, but Temple, they came back, they outpaced UBC in the latter half of the race, put the T-Birds in second place, still a good finish for them. They finished the race with a time of 621.09, only three seconds behind Temple in the end. The junior varsity men's team had a bit more of a rough tournament. They bowed out in the semis as they fell short to UC Berkeley and Stanford by three seconds, but they were still able to have a strong showing in the B final, and they won it over UC San Diego. Yeah, and other than that, the two third-tier varsity teams from UBC also participated in the tournament. Uh, that includes the men's team finished fifth in the eighth bold A final, and the women's team finished third in the petite final. Is and it weird that they call it the petite final? Yeah, it is. It's like just, French. Like, is that like slightly sexist? Like I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know what. And there's like different finals and things. Right. Like, I don't. Yeah. Know. I'll I'll have to look into that and get back to you guys next week about that. <laughs> Yeah, and rowing. Yeah, <laughs> rowing. And um, the novice women's team also got their foot on the floor, finished fifth overall, just a leg down to UCLA. And up next, the Tevers are coming back home to race on the Fraser River in Richmond on Saturday, April seventh, for the Brown Cup. Moving on to golf, after back-to-back first-place finishes in Chilliwack and California, the Thunderbird women's golf team took part in the Northern Arizona Red Rocks Invitational this past weekend, where they were unfortunately unable to continue their winning streak as they finished ninth out of 18 teams. For first-year Cecil Kwan, who led the way for the T-Birds, she shot a three-round total of 235, and that was good enough for 23rd among all golf qualifiers. Yeah, I mean, I've, everyone had a really good um, second round, especially um, Quan uh, hit 74, uh, just two over par on that um, second round best score for any Thunderbird on the weekend. Um, the Thunderbirds all actually shot their best individual scores in that second round, um, which was... Um, good three, but bad. Good good but bad. Uh, 306, uh, which was the third best score um, amongst teams in the second round. Uh, three strokes behind Portland State. Um, yeah. But yeah, not not really a great showing at this tournament so yeah. much. Now it's because the first round, they had the 13 best score out of everyone. The third round, they had the 15th best yeah. score out of everyone. Kind of Looking for a little more consistency. Yeah, they, they showed they have the talent in that second round, but 
they just didn't have it the other two rounds. And I mean, in that California tournament, they destroyed. Yeah, yeah so, they I showed. Mean, they they won back to back tournaments. Just had bit of a rough one they have a chance to bounce back as they head back to california next week as they'll take part in the sonoma state spring invitational sonoma, sonoma. Oh. <laughs> sorry uh, that's their last stop before the conference championships may 1st and 2nd the men's team heads out this weekend to the seattle red hawk invitational and we're gonna take a look over at baseball right now and after a difficult road trip and a very very long road trip, actually. It was 27 games that they have been on the road without a home game, which is ridiculous. But that's because of the construction that was happening. And now UBC comes back home, brand new baseball stadium, and they were able to sweep Oregon Tech in a four-game series, two back-to-back doubleheaders, and now their NAIA West record is 8-7 and seven on the season. Yeah, bit of a rough start to the season. You can probably chalk a lot of that up to that insane road trip. But they're back home now, and they showed... Uh, showed well on their home field, opened the new stadium with two walk-off wins this past weekend in games two and three of the series. Uh, the first game played at the new stadium wasn't a walk-off. The first run ever scored at the stadium came in the bottom of the second. Jackson Valky hit a two-out single and brought home the first run, and they kept rolling from there. Yeah, Kuzadi, Austin Butler, and Lucas Sopper teamed up in the third put up, uh, to put up two more runs. Yeah, Oregon came back uh, around the bottom of the eighth, but then uh, Jackson Valk again hit a homer, tied things up at five. Huge game for Valk. Yeah, he had a really good one. Um, Thunderbirds ta- 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 tagged on two more <laughs> runs to win 7-5. Um, obviously, uh, player of the game, Valk, uh, three for four, three ribbies, one homer. Uh, and um, a decent start from uh, Niall Windler as well. Uh, uh, two earned runs, five uh, strikeouts. Yeah. Five walks, though. Um, that Walks are concerning, down. but innings pitch, not bad. Only, I think, having two earned runs after five walks is a bit lucky, honestly. So, needing to well, clean five, up. The 5K is to help out a lot. Sure, but still, five walks and five innings yeah, isn't what you're looking it's for. It's rough. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, as um, jumping to the second game, and we're going to jump to a really quick 3-0 lead before the T-Birds started to slowly chip away. And uh, the T-Birds then tied up at 3-3 by putting one up in the bottom for on the third, sixth, and seventh, thanks to a couple RBIs by Butler and a double by Soper. And especially in this game, no one could put up any more numbers in record frames, so on to extras. And in the extra innings, Oregon was able to put up three in the tenth right away, thanks to bit of crafty uh, and well-timed base running, then a single, followed by a wild pitch, and finally a sack fly. And I mean, when you put up three runs in extra innings, usually that's over. Right, you're thinking yeah. game's over. Yeah. But it's baseball, and Yogi Berra, you know, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> you got to throw the ball over the plate <laughs> and give that man his chance. Right. So down 6-3, bottom of the 10th. Uh, the Birds were able to rally with actually two outs. Man. It all started. Sopper double to left, followed by Braden Ailman's single, to bring Anthony Cusati, who is here in CITR studios. He's in the studio. He was just in the Even though we tried to get him on for this week. <laughs> He's so. doing training. He wants to, he wants he to wants be a to part, be of part of this. Yeah. He can be part of our... He can join the show. Our, he can be our baseball correspondent. There you- <laughs> <laughs> We're actually hoping to have someone on for baseball next week, so Might before be that. Um, but Cusati comes to the plate and swats his second home run of the season over left field wall. This is a three-run shot. Oh, ties the game at six. I love baseball. They're I not able to score so anymore, much. so the game continues. Yeah, and so a six-run tenth inning followed by three scoreless innings in the extra frames. And finally, in the bottom of the 14th, played 
over an extra half game on top of on top of this one after already playing one earlier in the day. Uh, Anthony Olson, second baseman, had his record-setting seventh at-bat of the game, hit a single up the middle, while shortstop Kyle McComb flew around the base pass, scored the game-winning run from second base to finally end the first day at the new stadium with two wins. What a game. 23 innings. That's just day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad Smith, pitcher, didn't start the game, but he did pitch seven innings. With he just, might as well have yeah, pitched seven innings. Still pitched innings. seven innings without starting with only one hit, although three earned runs. Still got the W. That was a, that was a well earned win. I don't I don't really like the pitching win stat. I feel it's a little, eh, but that's a well earned win from Brad Smith. He had a great yeah. game. Way to keep him off, especially because right when he came on, it seemed like uh, defensively things were starting to kind of unfold for the birds. So he kept it all together, and although they put up you know three in the top of the ten, they were they were still able to grab that W. Just pitching seven innings in relief, is right? Kind yeah. of crazy, and allowing stat. one hit, like, and then and the next day. The very next game, another, another extra innings win. It took 11 this time for the Birds to reach a 5-4 victory. It was outfielder Jake Lamferman who hit the walk-off single, uh, this time to bring the Birds to another W. Yeah, and the opposite of Game 2, Thunderbirds jumped out to a quick 3 nothing lead in this one. And again, it was all for, it was, uh, all for not theirs. Oregon Tech put up 3 in the 5th due to some struggles from uh, James Radwell on the mound. Yeah, and I mean, um, Whaley, John Whaley hit a, a homer, bottom of the sixth. Um, but just in the top of the seventh, right away, um, Poults uh, doubled home uh, another run, and it was tied again, uh, headed into extras. Yes, sir, and cue more drama. Britton Aylman lights out in relief for the Birds. And in the 11th, Anthony Olsen walks. Kyle McComb then sack bunts Olsen over the second. Lamferman then comes up to the plate, singles up the middle. You heard it earlier when we first came on the show. That was the walk-off. Two back-to-back games. Very exciting. Game four, different story. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> a little bit. A li- little bit of a different yeah. story. After three close ones, two walk-offs in a row, the Thunderbirds decided, hey, we're just going to... We're just going to blow the doors off our opposition Casually this time. put up an eight spot. Just <laughs> put fun. up eight runs in the second inning to kill the game immediately. And Pretty then much, yeah. After the third inning, 11 nothing. <laughs> so just they had they had enough of all the drama. They had enough of going to extra innings, I guess. Yeah. Owls were able to put up a couple runs in the blowout, so that, but it still wasn't enough to do anything. The mercy rule actually came into effect in the seventh once there was a – uh, 13-2, 11-run differential between the two teams. Mercy Rule, I believe, is at 10 for NAIA. Uh, you just have to get to the bottom of the inning mm. for it to take effect. Uh, Lamferman ended the day. This is just this day two with 5 for 10, 4 ribbies between the two games. Anthony Olsen got the win pitching in just the final two frames without allowing a hit. It was his first of the season. It's interesting looking at like the difference between day one and day two. Day one um, was all about um, Kazadi, uh, Sopper, McComb uh, all had huge games. Uh, Butler, Valk, um, and then in in games three and four, the, the 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 key players were completely different. I mean, we did see McComb, but it was more like Anthony Olson, uh, Jake Lamperman, guys like that. Right. Um, and but, good job in relief by a few different players throughout this uh, doubleheader Saturday Sunday affair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this weekend now, on the 29th, 30th, and the first of April, Happy Easter and April Fool's Day. Weird coincidence. <laughs> Anyways. The T-Birds have a five-game series this time against the College of Idaho, who are only 3-11 in league play. So they're going to look to keep this win streak going 
Which kind of came out of nowhere. It looked like their season was starting to, you know. Well, I mean, that's baseball. It's two days later you can have four more wins than you did. Yeah, Home cooking. Now they're looking to push their conference record into the heavy positive numbers as they currently sit at that 8-7, just above 500. But who knows? Five-game series against College of Idaho, realistically able to pull away at least three, if not four or five wins. It's, it's, they're 3-11. and 11. You could just right. run the whole series. And right. I mean, if they're right able to keep it. this momentum going. And, yeah, they got, and they got home field the rest of the season, right? Uh, I believe there's a little bit of an away stretch towards the end. Mm-hmm. But just the majority of it will right. be at this new yeah, stadium. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a so very... That, um, Home-based schedule for the majority so of that. That's, that's another advantage, maybe trying to make a late-season push. Yeah, exactly. Eric, what is the schedule looking like, my I, good I, sir? I'm, I'm pulling it up uh, just at the moment. Can you stall for time? Uh, yeah, no, okay, there's only one road series left. Um, it is at Oregon Tech. Um, so Who we just, who we just saw swept. that they were able to beat. So. Um, yeah, um, and that's the only road series. Every other series um, in the rest of the season is at home at beautiful New Thunderbird Park. Perfect. So that'll be fun. Um, we'll bring you, uh, actually, one of those series live on CITR. That's the Corbin series. Yes, sir. 14th uh, and 15th of April. Eric and I will be on air. <laughs> air on air. And Eric there and air on air. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> You've given in. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to the first half of our show. We're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs here, and we'll be right back to talk about softball, some storm the wall, and even a little bit of a recap of men's volleyball. Yeah. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. government now covers medications that could reduce your chances of contracting HIV by hey, 90%. Hey, this is David Pepke from Denmark, P-R-E-P and you're listening to stands for Pre-Exposure Prophylaxis and is a preventative measure that HIV-negative folks can take to reduce their risk of becoming positive. Health Initiative for Men suggests that if you have had sex with a partner with HIV, have had a recent STI, have multiple sexual partners, have a history of inconsistent or no condom use, are currently involved in sex work, or have had repeated courses of post-exposure prophylaxis, then you might want to think about looking into PREP measures. CATR and Discorder are not medical professionals. Please refer to your doctor for more information. Hello, and we are back. We were just talking about baseball's great weekend, and softball, not quite the same, one and three, but it was against a really tough opponent, Eric. Yeah, definitely. Um... Southern Southern Oregon, um, a team that's absolutely had the Thunderbirds number in recent years. They have actually, the UBC Thunderbirds have never beaten the Southern Oregon Raiders. Um, and they're particularly strong this year. They have a 10-2 and record in conference play. That's a tough opponent. Um, but actually, it got off to a pretty good start, um, at least in game one. Um, three fielding errors from the Raiders saw UBC jump up to a first-inning lead, but Rebecca Velasquez uh, was able to tie the game um, with a two-out Ruby single. Yeah, Claire Eccles doubled to center, brought home Sidney Brown to get the lead for the Thunderbirds. They're up 2-1. Eccles was tagged out at third, trying to stretch the double into a triple. They had the lead, 
but it was wiped away in the fourth as Southern Oregon put up three runs, which is enough to get them the win. Score stayed the same from there. Four to two, Southern Oregon win to open the weekend. Yeah, and a, diff- a bit different from that, game two was an onslaught. A second inning five spot propelled by two RBIs each from a very more head hostile, and Hannah Schimmick set the tone, and the Raiders did not stop. The fifth and sixth innings saw five more runs posted by Southern Oregon, and 10-0 was the final score. Yikes. Yeah. Schimmick sent an absolutely dominant Saturday with six run over both games, and on the defense side, the Raiders were excellent, holding UBC to just three hits. Unfortunately, Game 3 wasn't too much prettier. UBC got off to a rough start on Sunday, allowing four runs on three straight singles down left field line. What does that say about their pitching? Uh, Were they they all righties? Were they just yanking these like slow curves or something? Anyways, bottom of the first, leadoff hitter Sidney Brown singles up the middle. Paige Harbord bunts it over to first and then reach base on a delayed throw to first. Then the number three hitter, uh, Claire Eccles, Gets through an eight-pitch at-bat before just absolutely demolishing a ball to right that got over the fence for a homer. Uh, cuts USO's four-run lead to one. Yeah, um, and I mean, Eccles was actually the last player to come around to score um, in the early half of that doubleheader. Uh, Raiders could have taken it 4-3 right from there, but instead they decided to put up nine more runs um, on a struggling <laughs> UBC pitching staff. Yeah, mm-hmm. And um, it, it seems like the softball team with their pitching staff, and occasionally it seems a bit better this weekend, but UBC's pitching staff, we've seen certain members, they will go unnamed, <laughs> struggle from time to time, right, in the, in the starting rotation. Their relief has been pretty good, yeah, but, but been good. softball definitely struggling a little more in that rotation and relief area <laughs> yeah i mean if you look just looking at the the box score here um three players had three hits um kelsey randall hannah Shimmick, and carly coughlin coglin um all had three hits that's just ugh, that's not very good for your pitching stuff right. um but guess who did have a good pitching weekend uh zoe gillis yes sir uh zoe gillis notched complete game shutout yeah and allowed just three hits on the evening thunderbirds finally Finally getting enough after a real rocky weekend. Yeah, they finally were able to step up that defense. The head coach, Gord Collings, he uh, specifically mentioned defensive play. Shortstop Sidney Brown got the first out of the game. And from there, they were able to finally shut down USO. So much about momentum, right? Baseball, yeah. softball. Mm-hmm. If you can get off to that quick start. Well, I mean, like the first play of the game. Look at it today in the MLB. I Sorry, I don't want. I don't want. I'm just saying. The MLB. Stanton homers in his first at bat, and Yankees are that was, that whatever was, it is. That was zero now. Um, that was actually the um, fastest uh, speed of a ball off the bat of any home run recorded in the Statcast era. Holy uh, well, what? You know what it was? <laughs> it was like 116 off the Holy bat. Holy cow! Um, it was it was crazy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the MLB scores. Uh, the Jays <laughs> have one run, so that's a start. <laughs> that's a start. But yeah, I mean, um, Claire Eccles, who had actually a really good weekend, um, walked and then scored from first on a double um, from Sierra Sherritt. Raiders decided to change their pitching. That really didn't really do much. Uh, walk on a single. They decided to change their pitching again. Again, didn't really do anything. Emily Tropita hit a two-run double to center, uh, extended the lead to three nothing, and that is how the game would end. So, yeah, one win on the weekend for the Thunderbirds, at least, against a team Better, they've literally right, never beaten. Right. So, it's a start. It's yeah, a start. for sure. The Thunderbirds are in Montana this weekend. Yeehaw, partner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to face the Providence Argonauts. Action gets underway 1 p.m. on Friday. Yeah. Excuse me if you are from Montana. I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Probably don't have much of an audience I don't think here. we have too many Montana <laughs> listeners, but we, we've got to have, like, one. Maybe. There's, there's, one, there's one guy with, like, a ham radio out there. 
really loves True. Thunderbird Eye. <laughs> um, uh, we Cataractus was in last week, oh, yeah. but what we weren't really able to cover too much we of men's volleyball. We didn't really get a chance because we just spent the whole time, you know, uh, shooting the breeze with Cataractus, and that was fun. He's so great. He's he's a great <laughs> he's a great guy to have in the studio. He's a great guy to interview. Um, but we didn't really actually talk about the game itself. Yeah. Um, so they were up against the Spartans, um, who were back-to-back national champions, so obviously a tough opponent. Um, conference opponent as well, which I would obvi- obviously raise the stakes a little bit more. Um, and um, the Thunderbirds easily played their best game of the season. They were just dominant. Um, the first set, honestly, a little close. Um, the Thunderbirds were playing with an unbelievable amount of energy, and the Spartans just could not catch up. Uh, they lost the first set 25-22. Yeah, and the second run also, a second set also saw a dominant performance by UBC. It was Joe Gear's service run, putting up eight straight points to take UBC can, to a 20-12 lead. Can we just notice that it was Joe Regeer, yeah. not Irvin Brar, not Byron Ketarakis, not Nothing Keith West? Much. Joe Regeer, who like seemed like he lost his job a little bit somewhere in the middle of the season. Yeah, with, uh, especially the with uh, Jordan Deshane coming up. just the fact that it was a service run from Joel from Regeer. Joel Regeer. Yeah. It's well, just so, I don't know. I mean, maybe because the other players are able to impact the play because they're closer. But usually we would see throughout the season Irvin Brar, Ketarakis, or Keith West. I mean, right? the, Or even McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. but like the, la- the last game we covered um, um, for the season, Regeer was serving pretty well in that one. So, True. I mean, it, it, it True. is there. It's just he's not your main it's, service I think guy. it's a very different look from the service line than what Brar, Ketarakis... And Sweetie. West Spring, right? Which is yeah. just power. Right. Power in absolute just <laughs> rockets across the court. Yeah. And I also think they need an A game to compete like the national best Trinity University Trinity West University. True. Yeah. And the final no, the second set was uh, finished at twenty five eighteen. And in the third set the birds fell a little bit and Trinity Western University to a little uh, three point lead in the beginning. But the teams actually would bounce back and force and a huge double block from Joe Regeer again and Finn McCarthy set up championship point for UBC. Huge defensive play right here from Adam Schreimer, which kept the season alive for the Spartans. It was their turn to have set point. But off of a rally, Keith West erased that point, Jake. Yeah, the <laughs> erased the point and season on the line. Spartans front court missed, uh, misplayed a routine Keith West block. And the Thunderbirds won their first men's national volleyball championship in 35 Go years. Go T-Birds! Right. So yeah. happy to see that they were able to pull through. It was hey, such a good and don't forget, I know we talked about it on last week's show, but the women's team getting yeah. bronze in what yeah. was supposed to be a rebuilding year? Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Yeah, and that's after well, I mean, they no, won the no championship. One expected to, as, as amazing as Van Rijk was uh, looking out of, like, um, no one expected her to be that good. And right. she's she was, like, one of the best players in the, yeah. in the league, easily. As yeah. a first year. Yeah. As right. a first year, she's going to get better. So, men's volleyball, right, this was their prime year. They won. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a bit uncertain what they'll be like next year, but yeah. they still do have a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. Uh is going into his fifth year now. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then Finn McCarthy... Other rookies that we saw, even uh, Colton Liu, who didn't get too much playing time this season, should have a big impact on the Thunderbirds. Yeah, team. Zach Johnson, too. We didn't even really right. get a look at him this season. We don't know what he is. He's like an unknown quantity right. um, coming into his second year now. Um, but, I mean, yeah, just like looking at looking back at the, the entire season, I mean, in the national championship, they only dropped one set to Alberta um, because they, they swept New Brunswick as well. Um, and that, I mean, the Canada West uh, playoffs were a little disappointing, but we, when we talked to um, Katarakis on the show, he was like, we, we didn't really care about the Canada West. Right. We, we were just focused on the national championship the whole season. Right. Um, and obviously, because they were able to win that um, Canada West bronze, um, that was enough to get them to the national championship, mm-hmm. and then they won it. 
Um, so, I mean, just a really amazing season, and um, we're super glad that we could bring you a couple of those um, yeah, really I, exciting games. I'm so proud that I had the opportunity to be able to broadcast for what ended up being the national, the national championship. championship season. Yeah. Right. And the national third place finishers for the women. Right, exactly. Two podium finishes. UBC volleyball. Year. Stay hot, fam. <laughs> I, I, I think they will. Honestly, I, the women's team is obviously going to have a better season this yeah. year. Um, I mean, Gentile. should. Gentile is leaving. Um, which is one of the which is big. Yeah, one of the best setters in Canada West easily. Mm. Um, but other than that, most of their pieces are intact. Um, right. and I mean, Van Rijk's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, that, that's a scary of... thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're anyone Sorry. else besides a Thunderbird player, watch out for Van Rijk. <laughs> yeah, the following absolutely. two, three, <laughs> potentially four years. Good luck. Yeah, hey, and Storm the Wall too. That's happening on campus right now. Storm the Wall, not really a UBC Thunderbird event, but a nice little um, athletic thing. That we Biggest, sort of have it here. is the largest uh, rec event in the entire North America, and happens here on UBC's campus. I should do it some year. You haven't done it? I haven't done it yet. Oh, it's so I've fun. Re- I really want to. If you guys haven't been keeping up, UBC President Santa Ono was the first president to actually ever scale the wall, and also this year we had two Iron Legends. Iron Legends are basically people who complete the entire race, and then go up the wall all on their own, unassisted. It's 12 feet. It's 12 feet. For, for a frame of reference, you usually get like a team of people to do that. Yeah. It's not just, just, yeah. just one You can check it out. So. I, th- I believe UBC Media Relations on Twitter uh, has a really good video. And then he gets tossed a banana at the end. Like, I don't, I don't know. He thinks he's like cool or something. But anyways, <laughs> super cool video of the guy just somehow getting up this 12-foot wall. Insane. Yeah, definitely. Um, a bit of an interesting week in uh, UBC Sports, obviously, with Storm the Wall going on. Um, with this um, huge opening of the the new baseball stadium, which yeah. was a really exciting weekend um, and a lot of good baseball being played. Um, baseball is pretty much, um, along with softball, what we have to look forward to in terms of upcoming events. Um, there's the um, the uh, the UBC Open, uh, the the UBC Open, the Vancouver um, track meet here uh, at UBC, which will be taking place this weekend. There is obviously the aforementioned softball against Montana. Um, <laughs> There's what Montana. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I should actually go. I've heard it's beautiful. It is. I, 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 go there I actually went there this summer. It was it was really really yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, uh, baseball uh, against College Idaho against that sort of hoping to grab lots of wins. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got five opportunities, five shots. Out yes, of I think I think they'll do pretty well. Um, men's rugby, obviously, um, staying hot. Um, so good. Take on. West I don't know if you all RC. remember, but they beat Berkeley and and Cal. Berkeley is Cal. Sorry. That's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> is, is, is it? But, yes, on. Berkeley is Cal. I don't know. I am from California. Don't question me, Eric. I know you're from Eric. California. I just want to... Eric. I'm you looking it up Berkeley. so I can... I'm looking it up so I can be a better journalist. <laughs> no, I'm Anyways, that I was wrong. Men's rugby is the best in North America. Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah. I mean... Well, they did. They won the. Just so university. you understand how great UBC is. <laughs> I mean, they, all you they, they won the University Rugby World Cup, so right. maybe not even North America. Maybe I mean, that's too small of a box. Mm, they're not going to beat New Zealand. Let's be well, honest. Well, okay, okay, but like that's a national team. <laughs> right. Like, Fair I, don't, I don't know. University rugby isn't as big of a thing right. uh, outside North America, so like it's it wouldn't maybe be that much of a stretch to say that no. they're one of the better university rugby teams in at least at least the Americas, maybe. Although I mean, Argentina is pretty dominant yeah. too. Um, but yeah, that's all we really have coming up in terms of the the next week. We've got sports. golf, men's golf too, right? Men's golf. Uh, yeah, sorry, in that's that's yeah, that's coming up April second. Um, that is uh, at, in Seattle um, at um, the Seattle Red Hawk Invitational and women's golf at uh, Sonoma State Invitational in California as well. Um, oh, actually, there's another track meet too. Um, that's in Bellingham, Washington. 
Ooh, and I don't know, for those of you who heard, but track is officially, along with golf, uh, becoming oh, yeah, I saw that. becoming an NAIA sport, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that was that's, that's okay. huge news because we talked about it earlier this year, how they've been trying and pushing, and now they finally, they're finally qualified. I'll post a little blurb on our social media about that afterward. That's yeah, the rest of the schedule absolutely. for the week. Yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. And we all want to know what you guys want to see, what you want us to do on air. Do Who do you want interviewed? Maybe Anthony Cusati if he wants to come on to our show. Well, I mean, he was, just, <laughs> he was just here and we missed him. We should have, we should have just grabbed him. Yeah. But let us know on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports for both Twitter and Facebook. Or just shoot us an email, sports at CITR.ca. Also, if you're interested in joining, we always love new people to get up here and talk about UBC sports. Thank you guys all again for listening. The upcoming show will be Shoes on a Wire, hosted by Madeline Taylor. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, Eric, and Liz. Listen Thursdays from 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day.